Hi, and welcome to Idaho Business Out Loud. I'm Liz Harbauer, and this episode is going to be looking forward to 2020, specifically in the context of wages and staffing. For that, I'm going to be heading over to the Robert Half offices to speak with Louisa Waldman. So come with me to learn what you can expect for both employers and prospective employees in 2020. Hi, so I'm Louisa Waldman. I'm the Regional Vice President for Robert Half, and I oversee our um, Oregon and Boise, Idaho offices. Well, thank you for being with me here today, Louisa. I'm really excited to talk about just a variety of topics, but most importantly, the 2020 salary guide that you guys recently put out. Um, so the first topic that came to mind when looking that over is um, a big topic that, you know, all of us are concerned about it is wages. And a topic that we hear about a lot in discussions on HR and staffing is how wages in Idaho compare to other states, mm-hmm. because there is kind of a, a noticeable difference, especially from the markets where people are coming from to move here. Um, what are your thoughts on that that gap? Yeah, I think there's there's been a gap for a long time, and and you know we've seen over the last couple of years um, the gap has lessened or decreased. So you know there are companies in the market that are starting to, I think, um, be more aware and take action on wages. But you know um, the Boise market is 11 percent below the national average. And so um, that's, that's important because when you're trying to attract people in or you're trying to retain your current staff, um, that number is key. Um, to give you an example or comparison, um, Salt Lake City is 8% above the national average and the Portland market is 11% above the national average. So it's, I think in, in Boise or the Treasure Valley, um, employers haven't necessarily kept up mm-hmm. and that does pose a great challenge. What can businesses do to overcome that and be able to recruit the talent they need? I think there's, you know, the the pay is is certainly key. Um, People work for a living for money. Um, But I think we we also find that there's a lot of things that um, employers, I mean, employees really want in an employer. So they're they're not, they're looking for pay. Um, And so, you know, that one way they could combat that or they could address that is obviously to review their salary information and, and to have a maybe a longer term plan of how they can bring those wages up, if not immediately, um, you know, on a, on a, I would say just an organized schedule. So, mm-hmm. you know, if by 2020, well, that's just next year, so yeah. 2025 <laughs> or something, um, that's one way, but I also think em- employees want um, not just wages, you know, they want a lot of things um, that I think are when they look at their total package. So we recommend um, thinking about, you know, the employee's development. They want to be developed. Um, that's kind of a priceless thing. And then I think you can also look at the benefits that you're offering. Healthcare benefits are really critical. Um, we're also finding that people are really interested in wellness packages with companies. So when they think about what company they're going to go work for, what company they're going to stay at, they want fitness. They want wellness packages. They want, you know, remote access or flexible schedules. Um, and the traffic in the Treasure Valley is just ever increasing. So, mm-hmm. you know, offering that as a benefit um, can can attract people in or can help retain those people as well. So we can offer them a lifestyle necessarily, not, you know, specifically just a number. Yeah, I think you got to take care of the whole person. And so, you know, employees come to work and they do a job, but they also have a life outside of that. So how can you, as an employer, you know, how can you offer all of that to them where you can get the the best out of them, you can offer them competitive wages, and then you can also offer them things that don't necessarily cost money, like all of the things I mentioned, and maybe even additional, um, 
you know, time off policies or potentially, you know, bring your animal to work or <laughs> ping pong tables or, you know, things like that that, mm-hmm. that a lot of um, employers are starting to offer. Yeah, I've definitely seen that on the rise too, all those office amenities, you know, the employers are creating just a very different culture necessarily than mm-hmm. what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so while we're on the topic of wages, um, when you're compiling the data for the port, what wages and sort of hot jobs have you seen on the rise? I think um, you know wages in the technology industry in particular are on the rise, and those skill sets are, are hard to find. So I would say that um, you know Robert Half does professional staffing, and so we look at accounting and finance, we look at administrative, we look at technology, and the unemployment rate is 3.7 nationally. Locally in Idaho, according to the Idaho Jobs Report, it's 2.9. Really, and that much really, difference. yeah, definitely. And in in these particular um, you know, difficult skill sets or, or hard to fill positions, um, it's virtually full employment. So, you know, I think, I think we're seeing um, software engineers. Um, I just did a quick look at CareerBuilder, which we partner with, and in the last um, two years, there was there's 4,100 jobs, and there's only 20 candidates. So, for a software engineer, really? um, systems administrator, there's 147 candidates and 1,483 jobs. Wow. So, you know, there's less, obviously, less than one person available for every single job. In fact, every person has, you know, could have three or five or 100 jobs in some cases. Um, we're also seeing that, um, you know, difficult skill sets or hard to, you know, hard to fill positions. Financial analysts, um, staff accountant is very low, less than 1%. Um, administrative assistant, legal secretaries. So those are some of the positions that in our salary guide and when we're talking to um, employers, both locally and nationally, those are some of the positions that come up as the hardest to find or hardest to fill positions. Um, so your 2020 salary guide report, it covers several different industries. Um, what specifics can you give us on each of those industries? Sure. So um, the different industries that we, you know, that, that we see consistent growth um, with our salary guide and, you know, particularly in Idaho as well is healthcare. Um, national, natural resources are growing, professional and business services, um, education, manufacturing, and financial activities. And then tied with that is obviously those positions in demand that we just discussed. So um, we're, we're seeing that nationally, and then we're also seeing that locally as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so those particular industries are the ones that are growing, and, and we are anticipating the trend will continue in those sectors um, beyond 2020. What other projections for 2020 um, <clears throat> do you have in the report? Um, we are seeing that um, still a strong economy. Um, hiring managers are now thinking ahead. So savvy firms are starting to be more strategic um, in hiring, and so they're not just filling an open seat, but they're looking at um, maybe future. So what do they need to find, and then what are the skill sets of the people that they have in their current, you know, in their current stable of employees, and then what would they need to hire? Um, we're seeing a lot of firms are open to relocation, so they're open to relocating candidates, um, and they're more generous with those relocation packages. And then um, people who stay with an organization that invest in them, you know, I think that that investment is critical. So I think that's more like on a national basis. And then um, we're also seeing locally that people are moving here from, there's three states in particular. So we're seeing California, um, Arizona, and Washington State. 
in terms of net in-migration to the Boise area. Mm -hmm. Now, it's interesting that we're seeing that considering that the competitive markets you mentioned earlier, Portland and Salt Lake City, those are so close by. Mm -hmm. So um, what do you think is the reason that businesses are locating here to Boise? I think, um, I mean, cost of living obviously has, has a lot to do with that, too. I don't, I, I'm not an expert and can't speak on what it costs to buy a house in Salt Lake City. Um, but, you know, if you look at a lot of the national um, publications, like Boise is listed at, at the top in many cases on places to live, places to retire, have an outdoor lifestyle. And I think that's attracting a lot of people in. Um, and then, you know, the market that those people are coming from, in many cases, we're hearing that they can't afford to buy property there, they can't afford to buy a house, or, you know, mm -hmm. the commute times in many of those areas is, is ever increasing. And so, you know, people are coming here for the quality of life. Um, and I think they have a great demand for wages, which is why the local economy needs to kind of get on board with taking a look at that so they can keep these people here and they can retain the people that they have on their staff. Mm -hmm. That kind of leads into my next question about the rapid growth that we're seeing um, mm -hmm. and how companies can address this to recruit and retain talent. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, we touched on a little earlier just the development of, um, you know, the development of staff. I think just the other thing I would say is we, we do a lot of surveys on um, you know, staff retention and, and attracting, attracting people and what we found is that people really want feedback. So if you if you are an employer and you you know you're either looking to hire somebody in or if you've got somebody on your staff you know they want more consistent feedback than an annual review and you know they also want discussions around what their career development is what the succession planning looks like so you know if you want to retain people you've got to ask the people what they want, and then you've got to develop programs that align with what those people want. Um, philanthropy was another thing that we heard from um, a lot of the up-and-coming up generations that are have recently entered the workforce or are going to be entering the workforce is that they're very, the culture is very important to them. So they're looking for companies that invest in them, but also invest in their local community. And so, you know, the flexible work schedule that I mentioned earlier, possibly the remote access to work from home occasionally or maybe full-time, um, and then those almost intangible benefits that maybe don't cost a company anything but provide a better environment for people to work in. Mm -hmm. So was there any data that you were surprised to find when compiling the report? I think we expected to see, um, you know, growth. Um, I think, you know, we expected to see um, you know, interim professionals, the use of interim professionals is on the rise. Um, something that did surprise us is that candidates are quitting positions without another um, role in hand, right. which is um, maybe a little surprising mm -hmm. because there is so many opportunities out there. But I think what you're finding is that if they don't enjoy the position where they're at or they're not getting what they need, they can quit that position and go find a new position and there isn't going to be that much lag time because there is so much opportunity. Um, so we're also seeing that um, job search restarts. So um, if the process takes too long for a company to hire, then they lose all the candidates that are in process with them and they have to restart their job search or restart their, their candidate search. Um, we're seeing a return of sign-on bonuses 
and a lot more salary negotiations, which I think you would expect just given the unemployment rate being so low and being given that the supply and demand is so high. Mm-hmm. So, but the sign-on bonus hasn't been something that we've seen for quite a while, but now it's it's being used to really attract people into taking a position and you know as a tool for, for companies to attract those people. Um, and then we're also seeing that companies are relaxing their job descriptions a little bit more. So in the past, it's very much like we, you know, we want these five things, they have to have these things, but now we're seeing that um, you know, if the, if the person has the aptitude to learn something, that they may relax those job descriptions and be willing to take somebody that maybe has three of those five things. Um, and those, those are some things that are a little bit surprising, but maybe not so surprising just given the supply and demand of the market and um, you know, how, how difficult it is for companies to attract people. Yeah, that's really interesting. I remember hearing on a panel a little while back this talk of a shift to skill-based hiring instead of education. You know, they're looking for people, like you said, with the, mm-hmm. the aptitude to learn something, not necessarily, you know, extensive background in that field. Yeah, I think they are having a difficult time finding people that have that experience. Mm-hmm. So as an employer, if you, if you take the mindset that you can train somebody into a position if they have the right aptitude and the right attitude and the right cultural fit to your organization, um, I think there's a lot more engagement from that employee and then, um, there's, um, I think it's more likely that you're able to retain that person because you're investing in them before they have the experience and you're helping them gain that experience. And it's almost like a partnership versus you have to come in with something and you know, we're expecting you to hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. That's really true. Mm-hmm. So what major changes have you seen um, in the past year and do you see on the horizon, uh, specifically here in Idaho? Yeah, I think um, you know we are seeing just a lot of companies growing, and so a lot of hiring. I think um, you know we are seeing that nationally. There's um, there's a quit report that that comes out, or you know a jobs report that comes out about people quitting their positions. And um, right now, it's predicted that one in four employees are going to quit their positions um, in the next 12 months. And that came out earlier this year. And so we're still seeing that as a major trend in this market. And um, I I think we are seeing that companies in the Treasure Valley are willing to be a little bit more flexible. I think they are willing to train people. Um, We're seeing some relaxed you know, hours that they're offering people or, you know, offering them four 10-hour days versus five days a week that they have to come in and work. Um, I think the remote access is something that we're seeing a little bit more of as well. And I, I would also say just the reinvestment, you know, a lot of technology is used in the workforce now and um, companies are willing to bring somebody in that maybe doesn't have the technology and train them on the technology. Um, maybe in the past, it wasn't, it wasn't like that. It was more of a requirement that that, that individual had that technology. Um, but they recognize that, you know, that, that they can bring in smart people who they can train. So those are some of the things that we're seeing here locally. That's really interesting. Um, so what resources are there for businesses to determine, um, you know, what kind of wages to set and how to handle their recruitment processes? Well, the salary guide is that Robert Half puts out is, I think, a great, it's a great guideline. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's um, I think it gives people an idea of what they can, you know, based on the information that we've gathered and all of the people that we've surveyed, um, it can give them a, a guide. Um, I also think that 
you know, if, if somebody locally has a question about a particular position that they're trying to staff for, um, they can always give Robert Half a call and we can give them the information, um, even if they, you know, choose not to work with us because mm -hmm. we are the local experts. We interview thousands of people and work with thousands of companies in the Treasure Valley. So I, I would say that that's one thing that, that they could do. Um, as far as retention goes, you know, Robert Half does do a lot of surveys and a lot of good information for hiring managers out there. So we have quite a few white papers that people could take advantage of if they were looking at um, maybe how to build a retention, you know, retention system or how to get more employee engagement or how to work with hiring managers. Um, so those are just some tools that I, I think that we could offer up at Robert Half. Um, the one last thing I would just put, put out there too for, for hiring managers to consider is um, you've got to move quickly in the market that we're in. So based on the conversations we've just had about how tight the market is, just if you find somebody great, just make the decision and hire them quickly because yeah, they, they won't be on the market in the next five to 10 days. And, you know, they may have several job offers. So I would say, you know, move quickly. So um, you've talked a lot about the employer side of things. What, can, what insights can you share for candidates who are looking for jobs? Well, I think it is in a candidate's market right now. So the, the, I would say there's ebbs and flows. And at times, it's an employee's market. At times, it's an employer's market. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely an employee's market right now. Um, so I would say, um, you know, first and foremost, you can use the salary guide if you're, if you're looking for a position to know your worth. So um, hopefully, salary isn't the only thing that you're going to want to change your job for, um, because that there's, I think you, you would want to consider that. Um, but, you know, Knowing your worth and then um, representing yourself online is, is, I think, a really key thing that um, a potential candidate or a potential employee would want to do. So um, LinkedIn is one of those tools that Robert Half uses. I think a lot of recruiters and, and really it's a professional network. So if you are looking for a position, you'd want to make sure that that um, profile is up to date, that it has all the accurate information on it, um, that it really depicts you in the way that you want to be depicted. Um, you can put put out there that you are seeking employment or that you are looking for opportunities and if you are working um, it should be um, fairly private so there's settings that you can use on LinkedIn to privatize right, your, you know, know your, yeah so you can you know you, you might not want your employer to know that you're looking for a position um, and so that that's one thing that you can do with LinkedIn and um, I, I would highly recommend that you also connect with lots of people on LinkedIn um, I wouldn't say it's it's definitely not it's quality versus quantity, so it's it's not one of those other social media networks where you want to have as many likes as possible or as many friends. But you know, think about who you might want to reach out to from a reference perspective, and if you're connected to those people on LinkedIn, um, maybe it's a prior employer or prior supervisor. Um, that's one way that you can start to build out your you know, your whole um, process for looking for a new position because employers will want to check references and if you haven't connected to somebody in a while, you know, find them on LinkedIn, connect with them, maybe send them a message, let them know that you, you know, might be using their information for a reference and um, it's, I think if you can be proactive, it helps a lot because certainly looking for a position can be quite stressful. Um, so I would recommend that and then um, I think just Networking is another way that you can, you know, find opportunities or you can build connections with people. And, but, you know, the social media companies use that, employers use that. So making sure that if you have other social media accounts that those might be private. Mm -hmm. if, you don't want, yeah. if you don't want employers to access that um, because they probably will, will try and, 
you know, I, I always recommend to people, or Robert Half recommends to people, that they, you know, they, they build a, a brand for themselves using different social media and, and making sure that it looks the way that they would want it to look for to a potential employer. So certainly would recommend that. It's gotten more common these days, right, to look into, you know, prospective candidates, their social, social, social networks like <coughs> Facebook, you know, Instagram, not just LinkedIn, right? Yes. I think a lot of companies do look at that information and um, they're looking for your brand. You know, what kind of information are you putting out there? What pictures do you have posted? Um, you know, they may make judgments, good or bad judgments, based on what they see online. So as somebody who's looking for a position, you'd want to make sure that you, that, that you put out the brand that you want to put out. And, mm -hmm. you know, you can certainly privatize some of those accounts so that they can't be accessed. Um, but so I would I would take a look at everything you have out there because any employer can access it as long as it's public. Well, thank you so much, Louise. I feel like I've learned a lot, and it was great to just hear all about the salary guide and some of the stuff that Robert Half does. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your time.